brand new series of messages as you've received the bookmark. And as Pastor Mac explained, I asked him to do that before I got up, that this is an unusual type of series for me. Uh, because usually we, we don't have series in which we ask God questions. And I know some of us have been told you don't question God. But that doesn't mean we listen. <laughs> the, truth is the, the truth of the matter is, if you're human, now if you're superhuman and if you are somebody who has never been human and never suffered from the things humanity suffers from, then perhaps you've never had reason to ask God anything. But for the rest of us, amen, we have. So for the next 10 weeks, we are going to have a dialogue with God. We are going to have a talk with God. First part of this series consists of five questions that perhaps we have for God. Then the second part, as you will hear in the introduction, will be five questions God has for us. Here is the first question, the first message of this series. The text is found in the book of Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, reading from the NIV translation. Exodus 3, 13 and 14, from the NIV translation. Here is the reading of God's holy word. Moses said, to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, then what is his name? <laughs> then Lord, what shall I tell them? Verse 14, God responded to Moses and said, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, that I am uh, has sent me to you. And those of you that love God's word, say amen. Love God's word. Amen. This first message of the first series. Now, I said this morning at 8, some of you are going to appreciate this series, particularly those of you that don't like all that touching and stuff. And grabbing people's hands. Because the subjects of these messages do not lend us to grab hands and touch and speak to a neighbor. Because we are talking to God. So those of you that don't like touching, just lift your hands. Everybody just lift your hands. Okay, somebody say, now you can do that. Just lift your hands. The series is entitled, A Dialogue with God. This is the first of 10 messages in this series. Questions we have for God. Lift those hands and say, God, who are you? That's what we want to talk about this morning. God, who are you? you. Listen, I have 
often wondered that if we were actually given the opportunity to have a literal conversation or a dialogue with God, if we were given the opportunity to ask God questions, what would we ask him? If we could conversate, we could dialogue with God. God says, you can ask me five questions. What would we ask him? Now, before we get to how we are going to approach this series, there's one thing that we all should take note of, and that is that a dialogue is a two-way conversation. It is not a lecture. <laughs> it is not somebody just speaking their mind, but it goes two ways. In a healthy dialogue, in a healthy conversation, you don't get to just ask all the questions and don't get to be asked questions yourself. Somebody say preach, Pastor. You know folk like that who just want to have a one-way dialogue. They want to tell you what to do and find out all about your business and be nosy as it relates to their inquiring about you, but don't want to share anything as it relates to them. And so in this dialogue that we are going to have with God, we will, we will ask questions. Perhaps you will have for God. But on the other end of that, God says, I've got some things I need to ask you. When we ask God, who are you? Where were you? What's up with that? When we ask God, how can you ever love somebody like me? Or perhaps we would ask God, how will this world end? How will things end? God says, now those are your questions for me. Here are my questions for you. Where are you? Do you trust me? <laughs> Do you love me? Will you Rob, oh, say hallelujah. Church, I'll not tell y'all what Sunday I'm going to preach that. Just bring it on in. Will you rob me, God says. Last question that perhaps God has for us is, will you be ready when I come? Somebody say a dialogue. The first part of this series, we are going to examine those five questions that I gave you. Second part, we will examine the five from God. So in this first message of part one of this series, we would like to consider the following question, a question that perhaps we all have found ourselves wanting to ask God. Now, one thing I would tell you in this series is I am giving you permission to leave your cuteness at home. To leave your deep theological, debating, analytical attitude at home. Amen. Because this is just about real folk going through things in which you are having a conversation 
with God. I don't know about you, but the truth of the matter is I have found myself at some point in my life saying to God, who are you? God, who are you? Particularly living in this society in which we're living in today, in which people want answers. People are looking for scientific proof about everything. But here's what God reminded me of. Can I preach to someone? God said it is important for you to know that throughout the pages of the Bible, throughout the pages of Holy Scripture, and for that matter, throughout the pages of history, the history of mankind, God says, I have never attempted to prove my existence. Listen to me, church. God says, I have never decided that I need to prove to folk my existence. He has always wanted the foundation of our relationship with him to be based on faith, not science. God said, this is not science. Uh, this is not uh, information that you can get from Googling it or researching it or going to a research institution. That's not the extent of our relationship. And so I just want to say this. If, if you need scientific answers for everything, then you're in the wrong place. If you need God to prove his existence uh, with unshakable data that will prove that God is who he is. And here is the data. God said, this is not for you. This is a faith walk. <laughs> Tell somebody this is a faith walk. In fact, he opens up the Bible in the first verse, listen to this, of the first chapter, in the first book of the Bible, God indicate to us that our knowledge about him will be based on faith and not science. Why? Because in that verse, God tells us what he has done, but he does not tell us who he is. He does not take the time in Genesis 1 and 1 to say, this is where I came from. This is who I am. Listen to what the verse says, Genesis first chapter, and the first verse says, in the beginning, then it has an assumption that we already know who he is. God created the heavens and earth. Does not explain who God is, what God has, uh, where he has come from, but it says, in the beginning, this is what God has done. Somebody's got to go with us on there because I want to help you out. I want to help you when you're in discussions with others. And I will advise you, you cannot ever win an argument from an academic standpoint with somebody who needs proof and scientific data. You've got to understand that your relationship with God is not knowing where he's from, but knowing what he's done. So the question that is often asked is how do we really know him then? 
God is not going to take the time to explain himself in the pages of the scripture. How will we know him? The answer is very simple. God reveals himself to us in two ways. One, his works. Somebody say his works. Two, his promises. Somebody just caught it. If you are going to know God, you will know him by his works and by his promises. God says throughout the pages of history, I've always made myself known by what I have done and what I am promising. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and God spoke and there was light and God made man from the dust of the earth. God does not take the time to give us some origin of all of this. He just says, just take note of what I've done and have the faith to believe that I am, that I am. I need to bless somebody. If you know God, then you know what he's done. That's the song the choir sang, the old song the church used to sing. What you know about Jesus? I don't know where he's from, but I know he's all right. Somebody know what God has done. I, I just, I need just a few witnesses. Just, just, just look at somebody and say, I know this, I know this. The man that was born blind and Jesus healed him and he went back to his critics. They said to him, tell us the truth. We know that this man Jesus is a fraud, that he is not legitimate. Who healed you? Who did this? And the man that was born blind and say, I don't know if he's a fraud or not. And I, I don't know where he's come from. I don't know that much about Jesus. But this I know. Whereas I was blind, help me, Holy Ghost. Now I see. Look at somebody say, I know what I know. I know what I know. I may not be able to explain it to you where you think my answer is sufficient, but this I know. He's a heart fixer. He's a way maker. He's a man. He's a doctor in the sick room. A lawyer. Oh, y'all don't. Watch out, watch out. Tell somebody, watch out. How do we know him? Throughout this series, we know him by what he has done. And we know him by what he has promised. We will get into that. Let us look at the text. In the text, Exodus chapter 3, God finds Moses somewhere uh, in the midst of the Midianites. Moses has become, had become for the last 40 years a Midianite farmer working with his father-in-law Jethro. You've got to understand, please allow me just the homiletical liberty to paint the picture for you. Moses was born in the palace, the prince of Egypt. 
raised by Pharaoh's daughter. <laughs> but God needed him out of the palace because it's hard to lead people through a wilderness experience when you spent all your life in the palace. May I preach? And so God sometimes usher us out of our comfort zones <laughs> into a place we would not choose for ourselves to get us ready for our destiny. God knew that he would one day, 40 years later, need a deliverer to go back to Egypt and lead stiff-necked, hard-headed people through 40 years of a wilderness experience. And Moses, your hands are too soft in the palace. I, I've got to develop you for the assignment on your life that is to come. I'm preaching to somebody that's wondering, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. And God says, I'm a developer. I am developing you for the next assignment in your life. There's an assignment on your life you don't even know anything about. And God said, I've got to move you from where you are and take you through some rough ends so that when I take you to the place where I need you to bless somebody else, you would know what I can do. The Moses of Pharaoh's house could not have led the children of Israel through 40 years in the wilderness. Ooh, I feel like preaching this. I'm going to help you doing this series. So God says, I saw something in your life. In fact, I want you to know I place you in Pharaoh's house. And that was not a waste because while you were there 40 years in Pharaoh's house, I allowed the Egyptians to teach you how to read, to teach you how to write. And the first five books of the Bible were written not by Moses the Midianite shepherd, but by Moses the prince of Egypt. God says, I'll take every aspect of your life and use it for a purpose greater than you. Help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, I need you all to encourage somebody and say, just hang in there. Say, this is a faith journey. You don't have to know why God allowed you to go where you are going, but just trust that God knows what he's doing. He'll make a way. Ooh, may I preach this? And so Moses leaves Egypt after 40 years in Egypt. Moses, now a fugitive on the run, afraid for his life. He goes uh, somewhere around the mountains of the Mesopotamia. He meets Jethro, marries his daughter, and for the next 40 years, he learns how to be a shepherd. Why? Because God says, I'm going to teach you how to lead stiff-necked, hard-headed people. I'm going to teach you how to lead folk that don't have sense enough to lead yourself. Moses, trust me. 
good God almighty. We've got to trust that God knows what he's doing. Some of you are going to end up in a hard place, but God's got a plan for your life. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, there's a reason for this. There's a reason for why you're going through what you're going through. And now, the prince of Egypt spent the next 40 years developing calluses on his hands. The same hands that would be used to write the first five books of the Bible. And now God says, I'll make my assignment clear to you. We enter chapter 3 of the book of Exodus. And God says, now it's time. Note how old Moses was when he became a deliverer. Not 20. Not 40. Not 60. But 80 years old. The devil is a liar if he told you you're too old to do something for the kingdom. years old before his first assignment. <laughs> God says my time is not your time and my ways are not your ways. I know how to strengthen the fever body. I know how to keep you in perfect peace until I need you for your next assignment. Sins to Moses, Mount Sinai, Moses tending to the flock, and he sees a bush that is burning but has not been consumed, and God shows up and says, your life is about to change. Take off your shoes. <laughs> You're standing on holy ground. Some of you are about to have an encounter with God that will change your life. And folk around you will never understand why you're acting the way you are. You've been illuminated by the presence of God. Woo! And when God has touched your life, you don't act the way you used to act. You, you don't even look the way you look. There's something different about you. God speaks. May I preach this? speaks to Moses through the burning bush, tells Moses, I have seen the tears of my people. 400 years of bondage and captivity. And I am about to deliver them, Moses. And I have chosen you to be the vehicle in which I deliver them. Go back to Egypt. God says to them, so go, verse 9 and 10, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Can I speak a prophetic word in here? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you don't know it yet, but God is about to use you to bless somebody else. You don't know it yet, but God is about to take your struggles to be a blessing for somebody else. Look at somebody and say, get ready. Get ready for the next assignment.
in your life there's an assignment on your life get ready Moses Moses entered into a dialogue with God two questions Moses had for God question number one hold it question number one Moses says Lord who am I that you think I can do something like this in other words I am incapable unqualified a simple shepherd somewhere living among the Midianites you must have the wrong person because I do not have the qualifications to fulfill this assignment but I stopped by at this road to say to somebody if God calls you God will equip you can I get a witness so here's what God says and, and you will see this throughout the series God never answers questions in a logical sense that we we'll think of when you think of answers and questions so Moses asked a question who am I that I'm qualified and God answers in verse number 12 by says I will be with you and the answer is that I'm telling you I am not qualified and God says but I will be with you is there anybody who's feeling unworthy not qualified the devil is a liar you don't need 10 degrees what you need is the presence of God in your life if God be for you who can be against you somebody who knows that God has always been right there by your side jump up one time and say Lord I thank you The Lord, may I preach this? The Lord wanted Moses to know that his presence. Now I'm not mitigating. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not uh, speaking down of qualifications. I believe that everybody ought to get as much education and training as you can get. God knows you're going to need it, and sometimes some of us don't do it because we just too lazy to go get it. And God said, no, that is not an excuse to say, pastor, say, you don't need it because God is with me. God is even with you when you're able to at least talk right and, and think right. Amen. Listen, I am with you. In other words, Moses, the only qualification you need for this assignment. Good God almighty. I need you to understand something because there was another assignment that he needed all of the Egyptians' education or he never would have been able to write five books in the Bible. But for this next assignment that I'm sending you to, all you need is my presence. 
need you to encourage somebody and say everything is going to be all right because God is with you. A very present help in the time of trouble. How many of you know that God is with you early in the morning, late at night? How many of you know God is with you? You never should have gotten that promotion. But the only qualification you had is God said it's yours. Somebody ought to give God a praise for the next step in your life. I am with you. That's all you need. The only thing you need to know that should prove to you or to establish in your life, Moses, that you can do this job is God is with you. Ooh, I can't leave that. I, I need to leave this point, but I'm just stuck right there for one moment. Look at somebody and say, all you need to know for your next assignment is that God will be with you. Deacons, choir member, preachers, God is with you. Now here is the text. Question number two. Moses says, I got the fact that you're going to be with me. And I'm now comfortable with my ability to go back. So Lord, when I return and they ask me, who is this God? What is his name? The Egyptians had a whole lot of God. They practiced polytheism. They, they had all kinds of gods with all kinds of names. Moses said, I need to know something about you. Because when I go back, I, I need folk to understand who you are. So tell me, Lord, who you are. Again, God answers the question in his own way. And God says to them, Tell them this, I am that I am. In other words, all you need to know about me is what I'm about to say to you. I am that I am. You don't need to know where I've come from. You need to know that I am Jehovah. I am Yahweh. Here's what that means. That God is the self-existent, eternal, omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent one. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is omnipresent, omniscient, eternal. God is whatever you need God to be. Grab somebody by the hand and say, this is what you need to know about God, what he's done and what he has promised. Let's look at what he's done. Woke you up this morning, deserves your praise. Started you on your way, deserves your praise. Put food on your table, deserves your praise. Made a way out of no way. 
somebody shout Waymaker, Heart Fixer, Mind Regulator, Provider. Who is he? Somebody shout, he's a keeper. I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Any living witnesses? Anybody know that God is a keeper? That God has kept you? You've got two minutes to give God your best praise for what? Turn around and point your hands in the middle of the aisles. I know the doctors and the nurses are dealing with something, but just point your hands here and say, he's a healer. Let me say it again. Point your hands up in the air and say, he's a healer. Now grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, this is who God is. He healed my body. Any witnesses? I need about 500 witnesses of folk that God has healed your body. Not only what he's done, but also what he has promised. Listen to this. And when your enemy and your foe come upon you to eat up your flesh, they shall stumble and fall. And though a host encamp against you, in this one thing will you be confident. How many of you know that God will protect you? Throw those hands up and say, God is my protector. Here's another promise. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. I feel a praise. You've got two minutes to give God your best praise and say, yes, he is. Go touch three people. Leave your seat and touch three people and say, yes, he is. 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 I am that I am. I'm a way maker, heart fixer. Thank you.
Somebody give him your best praise. Now listen, listen, just before you praise him, go get you a praise partner and say, in case you haven't heard what he is to you, neighbor, he is everything you need him to be. Listen, as you make your way to this altar, we all have found ourselves in a position which we have wondered, God, who are you? Sister Benita Washington says, first of all, his presence is here, moving in our midst. 
How many of you know his presence is here? I worship you, Lord. Lift those hands and say, you are here working in this place. <laughs> I worship you, Lord. You know what God tells Moses as they prepare for this song? I love this verse. I saw this minister, Jeff. He says to Moses, when you succeed in this assignment, when you deliver them out of Egypt, I need you to come back to the same mountain and worship me. Not if, but when I do what I have assigned in your life to do, somebody ought to come back and say, Lord, I worship you. Sister Benita Washington goes on to say, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, throw those hands up and say, that is whew, who you are. You're turning lights around. I worship you, Lord, because once again, you are a waymaker. Somebody say waymaker. Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Come on, Sister Francis, quiet. You are here. I just need you to lift those hands and begin. He's here. I worship you. Go back to Mount Sinai and worship I me. Worship you. You are. You are here. Ooh, yeah. Working in this place. How many of you know God is working right I now? Worship you. Come on, I worship you. I worship. I worship you. Thank you, Francis. Yes, yes. Ooh, That's who you are. Keeper, light in the darkness. That is. That is who you are. You are here. That's right. Turning lives. This is a faith journey. This is a faith journey. Lord, I worship you. Yeah. 
Come on and lift those hands and worship. in the darkness come on tell him again quiet he is a anointing that said within the next seven days I'm going to show up and demonstrate to somebody that I'm a way maker and a miracle worker come on and tell oh, 
physicians. I trust physicians. I thank God for godly physicians. But somebody is about to get a miracle. Can I say this? Somebody needs a courtroom miracle. Ooh. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but you are about to walk in and folk don't believe you can walk out, but you're going to walk out and God's going to show you his favor. Waymaker, come on and tell him. Don't indulge me for a minute because I'm feeling God. God says, I'll never tell you where I'm from, but I make this promise. In this worship center, somebody within the next seven days is going to receive a financial miracle. Ooh. And I, every time I've said this, God has never let me down. And God says, I'm going to turn your financial situation around. And I'm not saying this because I need you to give me anything. I don't need it or want it. But God said, this is for you. Get ready. Look at somebody and say, God is about to turn somebody's financial situation around. Waymaker, come on. Listen, it, be, it begins with your faith. Because Moses had, listen to this. I thought about this, Mother Jackson, as I was reading this. God says, Moses had the faith to approach the bush and not run from it. To those of you that are superstitious and don't have a relationship with God, perhaps you would have ran. But Moses went towards the bush. Ah, help me, Holy Ghost. You'll catch it in the parking lot. But God said, you ought to have such a relationship is that when I show up in a miraculous way, you don't run from what I'm about to do, but you embrace it and run towards it. Get ready. Close those eyes. Put your arms around somebody. And guess what? 
He is also Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And because he is, we worship him. 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 Alpha and Omega means I am everything you need me to be. I am everything between A to Z. Whatever you need God to be, that's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. Come on, come on, tell us. Embrace somebody and tell them you are Alpha. You are Alpha. You are Alpha. We worship, we worship, we We know who He is. He is what He has done and what He has promised. One more time. Come on, tell the choir, you, you are Alpha. Everybody worship. Yeah, for the next 60 seconds. Come on, let's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You are worthy. Now come on, we give you, we give, we give you, now turn those hands loose and lift those hands in the air.
Facing our burning bush. Ooh. Here you are. Eyes are closed, hands are lifted. You are facing your burning bush experience. <laughs> In which God is going to reveal himself to you. Note I did not say explain himself to you. <laughs> God can reveal himself without explaining himself. God is going to reveal to you that I'm your healer. Ooh, I'm your miracle worker. I am your way maker. I am Alpha and Omega and everything between. Ooh. These next seven days, Lord, I sense in my spirit that you are about to do something phenomenal. Within the next seven days, you're going to reveal yourself to somebody in a way in which they never would have imagined something like this can happen to me. Get ready, somebody. God is about to show up and do something that only God could do. Thank you, Lord. Bless those that are viewing by way of internet right now, wherever they may be. Touch those that are listening by way of radio, wherever they may be. Ooh. We don't have to know your origin to know what you have done and to know what you have promised. We stand on that promise. We stand on the word. Thank you for the miracles that are going to happen within the next seven days. Lord, I'm not saying that because of sensationalism. Ooh, I, I, I reluctantly said it because it is not about Pastor Jackson. But this is about what you are getting ready to do. Reveal yourself. <laughs> Somebody throw those hands up and say, Lord, reveal yourself to my family, to my children, to my grandchildren, to my co-workers. <laughs> thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. We give you all Put your arms around somebody and say, get ready for something supernatural to happen in your life. Come on, if you want to make that commitment to the Lord this morning, if you want to join the church, if you want to make a commitment to the Lord this morning, Come on and stand right here. Come on, baby. God bless you. Stand right here. Somebody else, look at this wonderful young lady. We give you all. Come on. 
wants the burning bush. You've got to come to us. We give you lift those hands. Anyone else want to make that commitment? somebody in here the enemy thought he had but God is challenging you to go towards the burning bush and not away from it walk towards the presence of God whoever you are whatever you're going through God says if you walk out by faith I'll turn it around we give you all come on come on and tell them we somebody who wherever you are thank, thank you young lady she's coming towards the burning bush she's coming towards the presence of God there's a young man and a young lady coming down that aisle somebody please meet them halfway bring them down we worship you that's right brother come on he's broken we worship y'all have to excuse us we're on God's time now. That's all right, man. I don't know what you're going through, but whatever it is, God says it's about to turn around in your favor. Come on, everybody, point your hands this way. We give you all. Look at God. In the name of Jesus, we worship, we worship. Yeah, come on, come here, Antoine. Come here right now. Touch this young man. Pray and let's touch it and breathe. Y'all lay your hands on him. Worship, we worship. Yeah, y'all come on, lay, lay your hands on him right now. Oh, we, we give you all. Somebody over here. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's somebody over here. The enemy wants to destroy you. The enemy wants to destroy you. But God said, if you come, let me just put my hands on you. God will turn it around. We worship you. Y'all excuse us, sir. Y'all excuse us. God is about to rip. It's turned around. Look at God. Come on, preachers. Help me, preachers. Already done. Already done. God's going to turn it around in your life this week. This week, this week, this week, this week, this week, we worship you, worship you, we worship
in my spirit between the 8 and 11 although God showed up in a burning bush please hear this Moses had a choice of whether to approach the bush or flee from it Ooh. and God says although I have shown up in here and I'm going to show up in somebody's life this week you have a choice. You have a choice. Will I approach the presence of God? Or will I flee from it? <laughs> when you approach the presence of God, God will change your life forever. Amen. For the benediction, God laid it on my heart to ask that you pray for him. Our dear sister, Sister Pat Lawson, and her father is critically ill. Brother Hallbrook Sanders at MUSC intended to do this earlier. But what I've learned in situations like this, Pastor Lawson and others, is to pray God's will and pray God's strength. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands. Lord, we ask that you just touch right now. Let your will be done. Strengthen Sister Pat and her family, her sisters. Give them strength to know that their father's destiny is in your hand. <laughs> Ooh, have your way, Lord. And if anything, give them that peace that will surpass all human understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Come on, one more time. We give you all. Come on, you. We go. Right. 